Welcome. Hey guys. I'm happy that you're with me again. We're together again. So tonight, tonight we're going to be chilling out for Tuesday. Got the full two hours together and I have some things that I think are going to spark some good conversation. And I have been really champing at the bit to get back over here because I just didn't know. It's just something was, uh, something's just didn't fulfill me last night. I think we did good, but I don't know what it was. I can still can't put my finger on it or in it. And I, uh, I got, I just left here and I just like, something was missing. Got to get back here tomorrow. It's got to be seven o'clock already. So after about 24 hours of brooding, here I am. You wouldn't have even known all that unless I told you. But, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm, an, I'm an oversharer, as they say. Still, we have great stuff tonight, and then the week really takes off tomorrow. Really takes off tomorrow because we have G. Edward Griffin coming back for his second appearance on the show. That's going to be a great one. I just want to put out there, I have, I have p- um, pinned a tweet on my Twitter account. That's at Political Orgy. I have put it up on Patreon and on Subscribestar. And I'll make another round for people tomorrow. Uh, but I've also said you can email quite frankly podcast at gmail.com or comment on any of those threads on any of those platforms if you want to submit a question for G. Edward Griffin or at least a question to be to uh, to be considered. Because last time we did a, a pretty much a retrospective with him going back through his life his career uh doing activism and this kind of education uh during a time when it wasn't very easy to reach a massive amount of people independently like we can now we're talking about the pamphleteering and you know showing up at gun shows and just doing whatever thing you know vfw's it was a really awesome night if you haven't listened to it we are going to air that um i think we're going to air it tonight I think tonight, after the show, we're going to be airing my appearance on the SGT Report and G. Edward Griffin's appearance on this show last September, just so that you can have a little bit of an an update. And then tomorrow night, we will air the rerun of Dr. Albert Taylor, who will be on with us on Thursday night to talk about uh, astral travel, remote viewing, and uh, so many other things that we have had follow-up questions for for nearly two years now it's gonna be great to have dr. Taylor back also there is um, Friday night with Shane Cashman and Saturday night hey I'm gonna say we are just hitting the accelerator right now so I'm I'm having a good time and I hope that you are too I want to thank my sponsors again bluemonsterprep.com and quite frankly dot gold get in touch with Tony I'm bringing Tony from Wise Wolf Gold and Silver on the show for at least a short segment on Monday night because I want to talk to him about a lot of things that are going on economically right now, especially the fact that now because people are seeing the writing on the wall and they are just gobbling up all of the silver, especially that junk silver I was telling you about. Rolls of them old dimes. I don't need anything minted. I don't think I don't need anything minted. 
You can give me the most worn down piece of crap you got. As long as it's silver, it's, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, well, people are just gobbling it up and it's becoming a lot more rare. Um, so we're going to talk to him about just now and perhaps I'll have a couple more things to bring up with him after our conversation with G. Edward Griffin because I would love to talk about precious metals with him as as we have gotten six months or so closer to the implementation of the the digital currency that I spoke with him about in the fall. So he had stuff to say about that, and I'm sure he'll have more things to say now. All right. So that's what I have. Go to quitefrankly.tv, and you can watch this entire show and the after show right there. Hang out in the, the chat room and get acquainted with the blog section and everything else that's there. And go to the affiliates page to say hello to all of our wonderful affiliates. April 18th, Tuesday night. April 18th, a Tuesday night. The baby was real tired when I left her. Got things to talk about there, too. G. Edward Griffin, the night shift on Saturday night, Sean from the SGT Report, and more coming up. All right. Hey, I got this email because I told you I go to a couple of... um, I have a couple of farmer's markets. Well, farmer's. I go to one farmer's market that's not around, but I made friends with all the farmers there, so we keep in touch over the winter. And there's this one, there's this one farm in Pennsylvania that I get stuff from. I actually have to go pick it up tomorrow, not in Pennsylvania, but they, they deliver to a, a pretty good area in the Northeast. And they just sent me an email. I want to read this to you. And this is, and the reason why I'm putting this out there is, whatever it is you have around you that you can interface with local producers of food or any kind of any kind of produce any kind of meat products whatever it is go out there and learn who they are become friends become you know and, and learn about their operation and make sure that you guys are all ideologically aligned because this is what I got from Dutch Meadows Farms said good afternoon Frank that that was just put in there um so it seems like mRNA is a hot topic right now, the hot seat right now. If you're not familiar with what this is, you probably will be very soon. In other words, it seems like it, uh, some kind of gene editing through food is going to be going on. Or maybe they're trying to get the folks that haven't taken the MRA jab over COVID to get it somehow through food. Either way, yuck, let's steer clear, folks. This is coming from the farmer. Anyway, we are getting multiple requests from customers every single day right now regarding this supposedly new mRNA technology. And you have every right to ask, as this is part of our education and transparency to you from the farmer. Someone even said, this might sound crazy, but do you vaccinate your livestock? Folks, this is not a crazy question. To get straight to the point, we do not use mRNA and never will. We, will, and we do not allow vaccines, period. Will it become mandatory? I will have a hard time believing that. There's a statement from USDA spokesperson Marissa Perry. It said, quote, it is a personal and business decision left up to the producer and will remain that way. If the push ever comes to shove, that would it would be mandatory. I believe there would be enough pushback from real farmers and real consumers alike that would give us a workaround. And she goes on for a little bit more. And uh, but but. 
Hey, that was very refreshing to see. I never thought that they would ever go along with that, but it's just great to see it. And I said, you know, I'm going to read this in the opening here because just um, many of you in the audience, most of you, are out of range from this particular farm, but just make sure you get to know the producer of your food so you're not... Um, you're not too crazy in the grocery store, not knowing what's what. Okay, let's see. What else do we have over here? Oh, I saw heard that Fox News has settled with Dominion voting systems. They were sued for like $1.6 billion, and they have settled out of court. Is it out of court? They settled for $787.5 million. They're going to pay Dominion. And this is a systemic... Fuck you. Don't you dare talk about our voting systems as anything but on the level and uh, uncorruptible. Fox News and Dominion voting systems resolved the case. The Delaware judge overseeing the $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit said on Tuesday, Fox agreed to pay $787.5 million to settle the lawsuit. Dominion attorney Justin Nelson said at a press conference outside the courthouse the decision came after jurors had been selected but before opening arguments began. The settlement averts the last minute trial in what would uh, had become a landmark defamation case. The judge had already ruled that Fox News had published false statements about Dominion in the weeks and months after the 2020 election by repeatedly broadcasting bogus claims that the voting machine company played a role in the non-existent election fraud. This is the way that this is being, I mean, you can tell how, how it's being reported on by this particular asshole. But I just don't get that. Fox News is not a, a, a friendly anti-establishment force here. And if anything got on that, uh, that, uh, that station, they're probably just talking about things that other people were talking about. I mean, if you're a news station, aren't you going to talk about what other people are talking about, what is popular and trending? You would think that would, that would be news. So I don't remember them. I mean, Fox, Fox is just as reliable as CNN to call states early, to hold out calling other states. They, they hate the same people, even though they don't say it out loud. So it's just really just a shot across the bow. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if five. If a good portion of that five. This is a a theory, by the way. Mine. I have no evidence. There is no evidence whatsoever. It's an opinion, a theory. I wouldn't be surprised if much of that five hundred eighty-seven million, or was it seven hundred eighty? What is the number? Stupid. Seven hundred eighty-seven million dollars. I wouldn't be surprised if most of that was part of uh, the the money that has been laundered through wandered through Ukraine. I wouldn't be surprised if they're like, listen, listen, just settle. We need you to settle. Be a team player here. Settle. Just pay them. We'll, we'll get you some money from all the uh, the Ukraine war skim, and you can pay that way just so that everybody could just see publicly that Dominion has triumphed over people who had any kind of claim or any kind of thoughts or broadcasted anything that could have been unflattering for their character as a company. That's incredible. $787 million. Man. All right. 708. 
Did you hear about this? Southwest Airlines flights resume after a system outage sparked travel chaos and delays with 800 planes around America. That's There is so little that is ensuring my confidence in all this stuff, especially the groundings, the glitches, computer glitches, all of North America grounded a couple of months ago. This stuff is concerning. Let's see here. After a system-wide outage forced the company to issue a stoppage on all flights across the U.S. Obviously, that wouldn't be like an outage that takes a plane down, I would have to imagine, right? Had anything to do with the plane itself or just... The latest travel delays from Southwest came just four months after the the carrier suffered a meltdown over the Christmas holiday rush that saw nearly 17,000 flights canceled. Four months, man. Time is flying. Southwest requested a ground stoppage at around 10.30 a.m. on Tuesday while it uh, worked on fixing intermittent technology issues, which is something you do not want your um, airliner to ever say. I remember when I was on the way to to the Dominican Republic in 2014 to meet up with Lauren and... uh, We were, I don't know, maybe 20 minutes away. We had just taken off. We're in the air. And we might be 15 to 20 minutes away from New York, and we have to turn back. They said that the hydraulics were malfunctioning. We have to go back. So, obviously, you can hear a pin drop. Guys, now we're going back to Queens and saying, hydraulics, huh? What's that, like, you know, landing gear? Like, what, what the hell is this? As we're coming down, we... You know, we touched down. Okay, it felt like we were we landed on wheels. That's good. And as we are rolling down the tarmac, we've got all of these fire trucks that come up beside us, and now they're, we're being escorted by the, all these emergency vehicles. I'm like, okay, well, we're on the ground. Are we are we still going to blow up? Could could this really? I'm just walking. I say, all right. Well, hey, there's no getting out of this tube of toothpaste now, so. I wasn't even praying a lot back then. That's what I would have been doing. Anyway, we get out, and they said, uh, you know, as we're getting off the plane and we're going back to the bar area, they said, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen, everything's going to be all right. We're getting a spare plane right now, and we'll get you back on the in the air uh, as soon as possible. I said, spare plane? What are you saying here? You don't, I mean, come on, we just we just landed because of hydraulics problems. Now you're going to put me in the spare plane? I'm thinking about getting into a plane that is the equivalent of the donut that you have in your car. Whenever you get a nail, hit a nail, the donut that gets you 150 miles before it's, it turns to shit. Uh, so anyway, the spare plane worked out fine. I landed. Lauren and I had a good time at her father's place and everything was nice. All right. So let's see here. Let us see where we go. Oh, oh, well, that was the sun. Well, what happened with Southwest? I'm sorry. I veer off. About 800 flights were grounded at the time of the stoppage with Southwest delaying more than 1,700 scheduled flights, according to FlightAware. Several irate travelers took to Twitter, of course, to report flight delays and their planes sitting on the runway. Just to, If all else fails, just go to Twitter and start screaming. So... I guess Southwest is just, uh, they had had to do a hard reboot, and everything's fine now. All right, here's a little bit from Elon Musk 
We're going to do a little bit more of this later on when he makes the comment about AI God. And there's a lot about AI transhumanism and stuff in here tonight. But we're going to be talking, to start off, a little bit more about baser, earlier technology, transhumanist technology. That is still evolving as time goes on, and that is birth control. So, this is just part of that overall conversation that Musk had with Tucker Carlson. This is about firing 80% of the staff at Twitter, though. Listen to this. What percentage of your staff did you fire at Twitter? One of the great business stories of the year. <laughs> I think we're about, we're about uh, 20% of uh, the original size. Uh, so 80% left? Uh, yes. So No, 80% oh yeah, departed, left, not left at the... Oh, I mean, a lot of people voluntarily... Sure, sure, sure. But, but it's 80% are gone from the day that's, you took That's over. correct, yes. So how do you run the company with only 20% of the staff? Uh, it turns out uh, you don't need uh, all that many people to run Twitter. But 80 percent? That's a lot. Um, yes. Uh, over, I mean, if you're, if you're not trying to run some sort of uh, glorified activist organization uh, with, with, and you don't care that much about censorship, then uh, you can really let go of a lot of people, it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, here's the thing. As he's saying this about Twitter, the federal government is kind of just like slinking back into the bushes and um, and hoping nobody re- recognizes it. Because whereas Twitter, obviously, which was an arm of the, the established political orthodoxy, was out there trying to micromanage humanity in whatever way it could, you can see how its size, because of the, the mandate it gave itself to go out there and cure things that they saw deficient in humanity, and especially the way that we speak with each other, they had to inflate the size of their operation to such a gargantuan level that people are like, oh my gosh, after all these firings, Twitter is, is running on a skeleton crew. It's like, actually, said, no. If you, A, we all understood what was going on at Twitter and why they probably had that many people there because the way that they have micromanaged all of us, you need a massive staff and you're obviously not just setting out terms of service and sitting back and just collecting ad revenue off of everybody who wants to get in front of a massive amount of people. You know, you're not you're not a. It wasn't a smart bit. It was an it was an actual beyond an activist. So it was a social engineering operation. They were engaged in behavior modification of the human race. They were chipping in, doing what they can, and they were in bed with. Uh, you know, pretty much the spies that create, created our current culture and the government that funds it. That's the best way I can describe that relationship. Anyway, if you didn't believe it beforehand, just by seeing how all of us were being micromanaged, then these Twitter files, you understand why they had so much bloat over there. But, like I said, as we're making all of these, all of these observations... The federal government employs 3 million plus people. 3 million plus people. And the federal government's charter only allows for national defense, borders, um, regulating of international trade, protecting intellectual property, copyrights, the post office. Come on. It's It's not 3 million letter carriers. That's not what we have out there. It is, well, uh, anyway, you know what I'm getting at. 
All right, here's one other thing that I think we're going to have to keep for maybe tomorrow because we're running out of time in this opening, and I want to get around to the meat, the real meat. So don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. I have put out all of the live links across the, quite frankly, social accounts, and I hope that you can support me in a social media sense tonight and syndicate me a little bit. That would be wonderful. would love to be introduced to your friends, your family. I clean up well. I'll, be, I'll behave for the rest of the night. Okay? I'll act poorly over the weekend. So thank you so much. We will be right back. Don't go anywhere. That's my building. I live right there on the third floor. 667 East 187th Street. There's my stoop. And on warm summer nights, all through the neighborhood, you would hear the sounds of young Italian men romancing their women. Hey, Marie! Get in the fucking car! No! Get in the car! Leave me alone! Come on, baby. You know I love you. Yeah, bullshit. Will you get in the fucking car? You let one ant stand up to us, then they all might stand up. Those puny little ants outnumber us a hundred to one. And if they ever figure that out, there goes our way of life. It's not about food. It's about keeping those ants in line. That's why we're going back. Does anybody else want to stay? Let's ride! I had the night off I would I, I might have gone over to Yankee Stadium tonight to see uh, Shohei Otani and the Angels play with Yankees it's not that warm of an evening right now I think anybody most of the people who are in that stadium want to see the Angels just because this Shohei Otani guy is pretty great pitching hitting haven't seen that since uh, George Herman Ruth not like this at least so, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the show. I have a, um, I have some good stuff here for you. So let's jump into it. Let's jump into it. And I would just want to remind you, you can send in super chats to quite frankly superchat.com. There is also the Rumble Rants. There is the the Gold Pills on quite frankly.tv, and we have things that are going to be running live there all night with the stream uninterrupted. Because tonight, what is live right now on Foxhole? is being syndicated by Abe, any combination of Abe and Cody, off-site. So Odyssey and Foxhole are being run by them right now. because And so since they have the Foxhole, they can just switch on over to what's going on here. 
and then switch away to something that they want to play for the rest of the evening, and it goes uninterrupted. See, we're starting to get our systems down. Wait until we have the live shows, the live after shows and stuff. That's going to be great to have continued to continue this up and really bring the vision from so from so many years to life. Anyway. Those are all the ways that you can contribute to the show tonight. And anybody who throws in a super chat on quite frankly superchat.com gets their name in included in on the Brave New World Nutty Book Contest. That's That's what we got going on. I'm gonna be giving away that on Friday night. Alright, so listen to this. I thought this was something else. Let me get that uh nope, hold on. Just wanted to book bookmark something that we're not going to use here you go listen to this ai work sparks fierce debate after winning a photo award a german artist has sparked an angry row after winning a prestigious photography prize with an entry that was generated by artificial intelligence boris eldigson eventually rejected the gong from the Sony World Photography Awards after concluding that such competitions were not yet equipped to handle AI entries. The awards organizers initially accused the artist of misleading behavior, but removed the accusation from a later statement after furious reply from Eldgesen on Tuesday. Many photographers and artists fear their livelihoods are under threat from AI tools that allow anyone to create striking images just for a quick tech, just with a quick text prompt, and you should. As I said before, anybody that would have come to a graphic designer to find a logo to be made for their, I know many people out there make a lot of money putting together a logo and doing creative with graphic design. You should be very scared of this because what it generates is incredible stuff. Freaky shit, but there's no doubt it's a threat. To a lot of different lines of work. Now, um, this thing right here, I, I mean, I, I, I was looking at the other, the art that can be created, like I said, to, to just put together new fashion lines. You wanted to get any kind of an image put onto a t-shirt and have it be something nobody's ever seen before. And as long as you have a specific vision, if you can't bring it to light, you can spit it into these machines and it'll spit it right back out and it'll make sense. And it might be better than you thought. And who owns the copyright? That's the real question here. Now, this this story is one thing. We've talked about machine created art before, and uh, on this this show, so it's not a. It's this is closely related, but not completely because we we're talking about machine created sculptures and stuff. But we widened that out. This goes into another different dimension when we start talking about music, which is coming up next. Many photographers and artists fear their livelihoods are under threat from AI tools that allow anyone to create striking images with just a quick text prompt. The rapid rise of AI image generators has already sparked legal cases as the tools are trained on a vast number of images, many of which could be copyright protected. So that's the other thing. You know, as you tell a machine to go out there and create an image, you can put some input in there if you want to have people mixed together, you want to say, hey, here's a family photo from our reunion in 2004. Make a composite of all these faces. 
bring all these faces together and make one face out of every face in my family tree. And it'll go and do that. But if you're asking it to do create something from scratch, it'll also source images from all over the internet, whatever it's, it's hooked into. And many of those images could be copyrighted. But if you're making composites where you have little aspects of one random image out of a, out of a trove of tri- probably trillions of images at this point on the internet, how do you know what part of it was used and what wasn't? You know? It's one thing if it just lifted something and uh, didn't alter it at all, but most likely it's going to create composite images of many different things together. Let's see. Um, Last year, an AI-generated artwork won a prize at Colorado State Fair, prompting soul-searching in the art world. Sony World Photography uh, Awards announced Elgidson's entry, a sepia-toned image of two women entitled Pseudomnesia, the electrician. As the winter winner of its creative category in mid-March, Elgidson gave interviews at the time explaining how he had made the work and saying that he wanted to spark debate over AI. However, he wrote last week that, quote, AI images and photography should not compete with each other in an award like this and rejected the prize. I applied as a cheeky monkey to find out if the competition are, are prepared for AI images to enter, and they are not, he wrote. Man. The awards body, let's see here, said in its initial response that it had been looking forward to engaging the artist in a discussion about AI, but had withdrawn the work in keeping with his wishes. Its statement added, given his actions and subsequent statements, noting his deliberate attempts at misleading us uh, and therefore invalidating the warranties he provided, we no longer feel we are able to engage in a meaningful and constructive dialogue with him. So they're, they're working out their thing, but really, this is really just about the introduction of AI art and, again, blowing away a lot of the competition, or at least being competitive. And where, does, where is, is all that sourced from? If you just give a machine the raw materials and see what it comes up with as far as the creative, that's one thing. But if it's going to be sourced from the Internet, okay, well, who gets what credit? And can you even see what you've sourced from? You know, if you've used a little bit of 10,000 images, a little piece from 10,000 different images to put together a new image, what do you, you have to figure out how to pay somebody, if there's a copyright image in there, you have to pay somebody one, 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 one ten-thousandth of a, of a what? Of a royalty, if it makes any? So there's a lot going on there. But then there's music. You got to listen to this, literally. Listen to this AI gen. This is from Roberto Nixon. I don't know. Uh, I don't know him, but this was sent to me by Javi, our friend Javi in Houston. Listen to this AI generated song featuring Drake and The Weeknd. This is not real, okay? It goes so damn hard. It's by Ghostwriter977 on TikTok, and it's blowing up on socials and streaming platforms. UMG, that's Universal Music Group, which controls around one-third of the global music market, has already asked streaming platforms to ban AI. This is a modern Napster moment. It will be fascinating to watch all this unfold in real time. Now, many of you may not be into this kind of music, but objectively, it's got all the makings of a commercial hit. 
and everything you're about to hear right now, including the voices, is not real. Or uh, it, it, it was made by a computer. Now, it may sound familiar from just some, you know, a a rattling Buick trunk driving by your house at 2.30 in the morning from the bars. It might sound familiar, but uh, I know many of you probably don't listen to that. I have friends that listen to this all the time. Uh, Lauren would probably, uh, she might like it. But anyway, it does go hard. It does, and it's not real. Who gets the royalties for that? Especially if you're using image and likeness. Now, it doesn't have to be. Um, It doesn't have to be sourced from that, or you don't have to tell anybody it is. You can just, I don't know. They've asked the computers to make this. You don't even have to be in the studio. Now, obviously, that is just, I don't know what the hell that is. But it's, it's just pretty incredible right there. So there's a lot of questions to be, to be asked. And I can see why UMG was just like, this has got to stop. This has got to stop. Because you're going to have 12-year-olds and younger just making requests for certain songs to be created right there. And they will be uh, better than top 40. Because it doesn't, I mean, top 40 sucks, has sucked for a long time. But if this is the kind of stuff that really, really uh, makes it with kids these days and uh, and younger uh, social crowds and all that stuff, man, man, oh man, that's going to be rough. But I can't wait to see the debate we had. All right. Now that is from artificial uh, media. Now we're going to go into meddling with the human body because when we talk about AI and we talk about transhumanism or any kind of alterations to humanity, you know that along the way, and this that includes transgenderism, that is the first stripping away, stripping down of a person, of a human being from an identity standpoint, and then just trying to, I mean, just going at it and whatever the hell you want to do. It usually inqui- uh, requires, the farther down the line you go with this idea, it requires the the modification of a person through cybernetic means. So if you look at this as just a trend, transgenderism, things like that, those things that really debase a person and society and take away even its uh, its most basic understanding of biology and life and traditional gender roles and the things that have kept us alive for millennia. Well, once you do that, then you really are, like I'm saying, every chip that goes into you. If you've already, if you've already gotten people to accept that it is life-affirming to have men and women cutting off their genitalia and pasting mangled pieces of a body part they took away, they stripped away flesh from their leg to fashion a new body part that doesn't they were never meant to have that is just a i mean this is the kind of shit if you are okay with this then you're going to be fine with a little chip you're going to be fine with with everything no doubt about it 
And, uh, and, and if not you, then we're one or two generations away from people who are because they go very, very piecemeal in their approaches. That's why I always tell people, you have to learn to lose and you have to learn to do the little victories. The little victories is maintaining our humanity, maintaining our humanity and knowing that the fight is going to be a long one because they have committed to a long fight. If you think the people who are running amok on media and at the World Economic Forum and elsewhere today are the ones who came up with this idea. No. Their great-grandparents did. And farther back than that, too. So, and they, they, the OG generations knew, well, this is going to outlast us all, gentlemen. But it's okay. We plant the seeds for the world's destruction, and we just, uh, that's it. So we have to be able to be okay with just saying that whatever we're facing right now is going to take a little time, and uh, it's really just about keeping our humanity, passing that along to newer generations, and hopefully the John Connors of the future have been born already or are going to be born in the next 10 to 15 years. But being born is one of those things that you need to be able to do for humanity to have any kind of hope in the future. You know, but you in, in better times, having children and bringing forth the new generation just means that, all right, well, here, here's the, uh, here are the rookies. Here are the ones that we're going to pass this off to, and, and good, all things are well. Now it's becoming a little bit more dire. It's not just we're, we're hoping that the status quo remains pretty peaceful and docile. Now we're really hoping that there is, uh, there are some really clear-headed revolutionary types. And I'm not talking violent revolutionaries. I'm talking about spiritually revolutionary and uh, intellectually and to really um, inspire people. That's what we need. We need a lot of inspiration. And they want to be able to make sure that the next generation of people do not come here no matter what. Whether it's through political or ideological, uh, convincing people that they should remain childless through these ridiculous abortion lobbies, the transhumanism thing, that is all sterilization. That's all it is. And God knows what kind of environmental toxins are really working against us too. But it really seems that they just don't want us having children anymore. Real just really seems that way for some reason. It's probably because they don't want the John Connors born and the Sarah Connors born. Here's a article from iflscience.com. Male contraception could be edging closer thanks to a new genetic discovery. A gene that's only expressed in the testicles of various mammals, including humans, could be the key to an effective reversible, non-hormonal form of contraception for men. A new study details how manipulating the ARRDC5 gene in mice led to infertility in males. And scientists say that the drug targeting this gene could be a sorely needed solution to the massive disparity between male and female contraceptive options. A sorely needed solution. We have a massive disparity. Men want the pill. They want the pill. They're even saying it's leading to infertility. We're going to make you infertile. But don't worry. Because we give you this other drug, and it turns it all back on, and you'll be as if nothing had happened. Nothing would happen. Now you can just go paint the map of Hawaii on anybody you fucking want, 
Go ahead. Go paint. Go give it up. Just paint the walls, my friend. Now you can go as if nobody was doing that before. Incredible. Few scientific questions have to be uh, have the same power to capture our interest and spark debate as the promise of male contraceptive drug. The idea has been years in the making, but progress has been frustratingly low. Anybody who takes this, any man who takes this is just going to be one of those Democrat concubine types. The guy who uh, who marries some of those nut crusher women. But not all women have access into the form of birth control that is suitable for them. And the United Nations estimates that almost half of all pregnancies worldwide are unplanned. This against a backdrop of ever more barriers to accessing abortion and prenatal health care across the globe, thrown into particularly stark relief by the overturning of Roe versus Wade in the U.S. So they have figured out how to turn off testicular function in mice, and therefore, I think we're getting closer to being able to make men infertile. As if you all you had to, I mean, all you have to do is just have a modicum of control. Monicum, just, I mean, just a little bit. I don't get, I don't get this. But it, and it's, again, this is transhumanism. It all is. Now, there is a, uh, a really interesting thing here I want to bring up, especially for the ladies. And I hope I get a lot of lady callers tonight because I, I'm wondering about this. How has your, you know, for example, me and many of the guys I know, our minds have completely been changed about male circumcision. Have comp- I've, my minds have, uh, I, I don't know, I guess I just didn't think much of it at all. But now that I know, I, we should do a male circumcision night one night. We're not going to watch one, but to, to really just drive home what the hell's going on. What happens with that and what is necessary and totally unnecessary the Cliff Notes is it's all unnecessary. And that has changed for me over the years. So I want to know tonight what you ladies think about the the uh, the birth control pill. Because this was the beginning of everything. And I want you to listen to a minute and a half long clip that I got from the Trigonometry podcast. And I, don't, I tried to look where uh, this woman is. She was the guest on the Trigonometry podcast podcast at this point, but she's talking about how the contraceptive pill is the first transhumanist technology. And I wanted to play this for you, and then I, I hope we could spark some calls down the line. Take a listen. The contraceptive pill is the first transhumanist technology. And by that, I mean it's the first, tech, it's the first major widespread um, social you know, biomedical intervention which aims not at fixing something which has gone wrong with normal health, but upgrading normal you know, in line with what people want. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about what, what contraceptive pill does, I mean, it actually interrupts normal healthy fertility in the interests mm-hmm. of um, in essentially personal freedom. Um, and and in, that, in, in that sense, it's, it's, fundam- it's a radically different paradigm for what bio- biomedical technologies can and should do. Um, and that, that obviously, as we know, was legalized and spread like wildfire in the 1960s. Um, and downstream, downstream of that um, came a whole load of other technological transformations. You know, we're, we're a good, a good way further down, 
down the path that that started. But my, my, yeah, my, my argument is that you know, we became cyborgs and women became cyborgs arguably ahead of men um, at the point where we accepted um, transhumanist medicine as a, as, a, as a basic enabling condition for women's participation in society, which really began in the 1960s. Now, in the 1960s, a lot was going on. And I wanted to try to find some time to put this in here again. But before we do, before we do this other thing, and tell you, and I, when I when I read, I heard that, I said, "Well, that's one way of putting it." It's the first transhumanist technology, and now here we are, where we we've just been able to make mice infertile. So hopefully, you guys have been asking for this for a long time, apparently, because there is a desperate disparity between male and female contraceptive. So um, don't worry, guys, it's on the way. I want you to listen to this though. Here is a. It's called Big Picture. Big Picture with James Patrick. Now, after the show tonight, we're going to play this entire thing. It's about 38 minutes long. It's about what is really going on with the trans agenda. And it features this woman, Jennifer Bielek. She's a feminist. She's a journalist. Um, And you got to hear what she's going to say here. It's 38 minutes. I'm going to play about five or six minutes right now. And then we're going to open this up a little bit and, and talk about talk about how things have changed for you, how you see contraceptive pills, um, which does not equate to you saying that, hey, uh, every time you have sex, it should be to make a baby. That there is no such thing as recreational sex or anything like that. Just talking about the actual pill. That's what I I want to talk to you guys about since we talk about transhumanism a lot. I think this is a really interesting take on it. But listen to this. I'm an investigative journalist, and I write at the um, intersection of uh, the gender industry, technology, and um, runaway corporatism. I got into writing about this industry uh, because I've, uh, I was in activist circles. Uh, I've campaigned for women's rights since I'm in my 20s. I've campaigned for the environment, etc., etc. Uh, there came a point around uh, 2013 or so that um, suddenly, uh, people were being deplatformed for acknowledging biological reality that there are that we are a sexually dimorphic species. There are only male and female sexes. We are a sexually dimorphic species, just male and female, and there isn't anything in between. Transsexualism <clears throat> has been around probably in the United States since the 1950s. Some people remember Christine Jorgensen made a big splash in the papers. But, you know, it wasn't really part of our vernacular, our, you know, social vernacular at all. You know, um, there was a few men who had this fetish, this adult uh, male fetish of um, appropriating female uh, synthetic uh, simulacrums of female biology for their, you know, sexual gratification. It used to be cross-dressing, transvestites, um, and then as soon as the medical industrial complex advanced to the point where they could make reasonably, um, you know, good, uh, fake (laughs) uh, sexes, you know, um, then, you know, they started to appropriate female anatomy. Well, in the 1940s, this guy, this guy, William Sims Bainbridge, was uh, born. He graduated Harvard as a sociology um, professor. He's written many, many, many books um, about uh, cults, religions, technology, gaming, uh, the future of uh, psychological mind control, 
Um, and he now works at the head of the National Science Foundation Cyber Human uh, Program, which is the melding. Uh, it's basically overlooks the ethics involved in uh, human cyber uh, melding. And you know, you can see this this trajectory in the uh, you know along late 1990s, early 2000s. Um, there was a big shift in the culture from you know. Uh, data uh, from uh, the digital age and the information age, um, and it sort of uh, moved into um, artificial intelligence, transhumanism, uh, robots, nanotechnology, biotechnology, etc. So this is kind of where we're going now. This is like the future trajectory of this. But you know, Silicon Valley has been pushing a transhumanist agenda for you know, since the early 2000s, late 1990s. So then Bainbridge uh, meets up with um, another interesting character, uh, Martine Rothblatt, who is um, also a transhumanist. And Rothblatt is, um, he's a transsexual, he's a man that's appropriated uh, simulacrums of women's biology <clears throat> for himself, and he calls himself, you know, a transgender or a transsexual. And he's traveled around um, broadly in the culture in many different circles because he's accomplished so many different things. He's very well renowned and very well, you know, appreciated for his accomplishments. So he's been in the tech sector, he's been in the, um, in the medical sector, he's been in all over Hollywood, you know, he's been on Oprah and he's been on a million different shows, you know, with his robot wife, which he created. Rothblatt wrote a book and it's really like, it's really a blueprint of what's going on in the culture now. This is his ideology, um, working off of the work of Bainbridge. Um, whereas we're going to disintegrate the sexes, the boundary between the sexes. Um, there'll be no youth and age. There'll be no, you know, male and female. There'll be no, uh, transhumanism is like boundarylessness. You know, you're out there in cyberspace, ultimately. While you're getting there, it's an upgrade in humanity, building yourself with machines, you know, uh, transferring reproduction, human reproduction to the tech sector in, uh, I think it was late 1980, he got together. With transferring human reproduction to the tech sector. You see? I mean, just always remember this. Sex and reproduction, it ties into what we're talking about with, uh, with um, the male contraception, female contraception. Sex and reproduction is everything. That, that there, it's everything. I mean, that's, that's it for humanity. If there's not that, then there's, there's nothing. So of course they want to destroy healthy sex life and normal relations. They want to drive societal wedges in between men and women. They want to create political wedges and all that stuff. But then we start, um, then we start being encouraged to offload our responsibilities to bring forth new generations for one cause of the day or the other to big tech, eventually allowing machines to manufacture genetically modified humans in brave new world hatcheries. This is big stuff. Now, I don't know if you know it, but even Nostradamus, I know that everybody has an opinion about Nostradamus, but just so you know, he some of the things he said about the far off future is that we would enter an age of androgyny, that sexlessness, that we would not have sex anymore. And... Um, you know, that stuff is, I don't know, in the 90s, that might have been crazy. 
to think. But all of a sudden, here we are. A couple more seconds of this because th- this woman is really great. And another big shout out to Big Picture with James Patrick for creating this. I just subscribe to him too. With a whole bunch of other transvestite lawyers and um, and transsexuals, and they created a document, which was the first, the very first gender bill, which brings disembodiment into the law, the sexual objectification of female biology, you know, into parts, and making a human right out of that. Right. So what do you mean disembodiment? Well, where he's going is full-on disembodiment, where everybody lives in cyberspace. We live in a virtual reality. We Metaverse. don't live in our bodies anymore. We're going to be up- uploaded into cyberspace. Well, in order to sell that to the public, you know, transhumanism and disembodiment as a life, um, you're going to have to groom them and get them there. And the way to do that is to um, create this ideology that says that you can choose your sex. That's disembodiment. You can't choose your sex. You are the body that you were born as, no matter what happens to you. I mean, so so the, the, you see how this incrementalism comes up. Now, before that, you can say that there's a little bit more. Uh, before before transgenderism is laying the groundwork to to accept the operating system that is going to be living inside of a, a metaverse, this AI demon god. That Leo Zagami has uh, talks about a lot. That um, that uh, Timothy Alberino writes about in Birthright. Uh, we got to bring him back on again soon. And also, this is. Um, I mean, it's just it's the basis for every big dystopian future. And you know, here's the other thing here too. Um, just to drive home again, why we are seeing the acceleration and the breakdown of human identity and the traditional gender roles uh, right as AI is on the rise. So it's not just like, oh, we're talking about AI again. It's so silly. Uh, Take note. You can just, just take note and we just track the progression here because whereas it is fun to laugh at Mark Zuckerberg every once in a while for being a loser that has no friends, and nobody wants to hang out with him in his virtual world that he created, it does not mean that his metaverse isn't a very necessary beta test for this ready player one existence that they're envisioning for us, at least as of one phase. Because in ready, ready player one, there's still some sort of a life outside of your plugged in game persona, which Abe, Cody, if you hear me, write, wrote, write that down, either a Sunday night feature or a Monday evening feature. We gotta do ready player one. Um, maybe we can even do that for a book club too, because that started out as a book. I have it. I never read it. So, uh, yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up here. And before birth control, there was just the sexual liberation, the sexual revolution in the 19, 1960s. We can go into that. Um, we can go into that a little bit more if I have time. In fact, We'll do that in just a second. Let me go on a really quick break, and let me see what I can bring up for you. Just show you, show you what's going on. When I go to, uh, when I come back, I'm going to take your calls too. Nine one four five nine five six nine five three. Since the main driver of all this is the birth control aspect of this, this, uh, this road that we're living on, I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. If you were on it at one point, you didn't like it, you thought better, you're still on it. It's for one reason. I, I would love to hear just your thoughts all together. And guys, too, whether you would ever take it. 
whether you would ever take it. All right, we will be right back. Don't go anywhere. I am not gay. I have relationships with women and sex with men. And I got news for you. That means you're gay. You leave the Pennsylvania station about a quarter to four. Read the magazine and then you're in Baltimore. This is John Daly speaking from the CBS newsroom in New York. Here is the Far East situation as reported to this moment. The Japanese have attacked the American naval base at Pearl Harbor, Hawaii, and our defense facilities at Manila, capital of the Philippines. The first is... What's this? Oh, that's your executive order authorizing full use of our nuclear deterrent, sir. <laughs> Are you out of your mind? I'm not going to start a war. We're already at war, sir. We have to nuke them. We have to nuke them now. General Decker, if you do not shut up, I am going to relieve you of your command. We have to strike now, sir! Annihilate! Kill! 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 Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! Let's take some calls. 914-595-6953. Has anything for birth control changed for you over the years? How you see it, whatever, for men or for women. Just like I say, things change. I never thought two ways about male circumcision until until I realized how unnecessary and barbaric it was. And I don't blame any parents out there that, that circumcised their child because if it, if it were me three years ago, I would have circumcised, uh, had a boy if Lauren and I had one. Not three years ago because that, that's pretty much Aurora at this time. My gosh, the time is going by so fast. But about five or seven years ago, if Lauren and I had a boy, I probably would have uh, said, yeah, yeah, well, go get him, go get him circumcised. Don't want him to be left out. You know, so just things that change. Nine one nine, you're on the air. Who's this? Hi, this is Beth. Hey, Beth, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Frank? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on. So, uh, let me let me hear your thoughts on on this whole thing. Have uh, your your outlook on birth control? I'm I'm sure that's what this is about. Yes, yes. 
Okay, so I've got two things. First of all, um, I was born in 1968, and um, my mother, before she became pregnant with me, she was having um, well, what the doctors told her was an ovarian cyst, and she had two options that she could either get pregnant or go on the birth control pill. And to her, that was just taboo. Like she, she was totally against birth control, and so, and also, my dad wanted to have a third child, and like the closest sibling to me in age, my is my brother. He's seven years older than I am, hmm. and so, so, so they conceived me. And then when she was four months pregnant with me, turns out it was not an ovarian cyst. She had an appendicitis and had to have an emergency appendectomy when she was four months pregnant with me. Wow. So if they had figured that out ahead of time, you can have I would not be here. You can have appendicitis for, for months? I thought appendicitis is something that ha- comes on oh. quick and needs to be addressed quick. No, I think in her, well, I think it was like just um, starting to, uh, what's the best way to say, just starting to give signs and symptoms of something was amiss. And, um, you know, so four months later she had, you know, it came to a head and she had to have an emergency appendectomy. So turns out it wasn't really an ovarian cyst that she had. Well, I mean, I mean, thank God for, I, I, I guess thank God for all that, because here you are. Yeah. Here I am, and I've got three great kids also. Now, my own experience with birth control, um, I was, I've been married twice, and my first husband insisted that I try birth control, and I did, but I, it made me crazy, basically. Messing with my hormones made me feel, it, I didn't feel like myself. I was weepy all the time. And so I decided, no, nope, this isn't for me after all. Many times I would go to the doctor also, and they would try to force it on me or try to get me to to take it. You know, like at the doctor, they always ask a woman, what is your form of contraception? Mm-hmm. You know, and I would joke with them and say, prayer. <laughs> And they look at me with really big eyes like, what? What? You're unprotected? No, no. But, you know, I do fancy methods. Like, we do fancy methods like pulling out, Frank. Uh, yes, I know. It's very fancy. <laughs> you just have to have some, have to have some timing there, man. Jeez. Uh, but, you know, that's, uh, I don't know. So, I, I know about the whole getting getting thrown off, that whole thing. I didn't know it was at the, some people had do it at the insistence of their spouse. That was uh, something that you did it because he wanted you to, but. Um, oh yeah, he took me right to the doctor himself. He's like, "You're going to do this," and you know. Oh jeez. Yeah, he was an asshole. Yeah, no. So that's why we got uh, divorced. Oh. Not just because of birth control, but because of his assholery. Yeah, well, it came. <laughs> it's it shown. It's shown through right there. I I can feel the assholery from uh, going across space and time just by you telling that story, but. Uh, but yeah. Even, and I tried it a second time. I tried it uh, when I got married the second time. I tried birth control. And again, you know, and the, the doctors will tell you, oh, well, it's, it's, it's less hormones now than it used to be. I mean, it's, it's a different type of pill now. You know, they really try to play it up. And I, got, and I would say, okay, I'll give it a try. And again, I did not feel like myself. I would find myself crying for no reason. I knew friends of mine who got on the pill and they gained weight immediately. 
you know, or put on a good 15 to 20 pounds on it. And, you know, I decided this just is not for me. And that was probably about, um, I want to say almost 30 years ago. It'll be tw- about 29 years ago. And I, from then and there, anytime a doctor tried to push this on me, I would just say no. I'm not interested. Well, I thank you. I thank you for the call there. It's great. Great for you to kick this off tonight. I have a couple more coming in right now, but I hope you have a good one. Oh, thanks, Frank. I love your show. Well, thank you. I hope to hear from you again. You see? Practical. Pulling out. Um, Lauren just texted me. She said, an appendix can be inflamed without having to come out immediately. I had the opposite happen to me. They thought it was my appendix, but it was a cyst. But my appendix was inflamed and out, uh, and it had to come out eventually. My computer is glitching out on me for some reason. I don't know what the hell is going on with this thing lately. My screens are flashing and so it's, if I don't, oh man, please just let, help me get through this week. I don't have any guests right now next week. Just let me get through this week, please. I don't know what the hell's going on with you. All right, uh, let's take another call. 404, your last call before intermission. Who's this? This is a high-sized brain. A high-sized brain? That's my little handle on Rumble. Oh, well, it's great to have you on, Miss Brain. Thank you. Well, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Well, about the birth control thing, three things. Number one, like the last caller said, it makes you insane. Hmm. Um, it really messes with your emotions. Um, number two, ask how many of your friends got pregnant while on the pill. Why? What, what, what do you think is, what, what's, what's not being said? If you skip one, if you don't take it at exactly the same time every day, you're in for a treat. Really? It's that? If, if you take antibiotics while you're on it, it's null and void. I've heard about that. But so I didn't know. About, I, I, I didn't know about the, the the deviation. So even the slightest of deviation in daily doses. And some people. Okay. All right. Keep going. And number three, I didn't know while I was taking it as a teenager, which I quit as an adult, um, that if you were to have a fertilized egg, it prevents that from attaching to the uterus sometimes. So in a sense, it's its own little abortion pill. Jeez. You see, that's why every once in a while something is explained to you, something that had otherwise become so mundane, something is explained to you in a way that makes everything change. To to have a feminist, a a woman, somebody, explain that that this pill was the first transhumanist technology that was rolled out, not not to correct something bad from happening, but to alter something that was totally normal is uh it, it, that was mind-blowing and then i just wanted to i will just want you know if you're taking something that is normal and you are adding something to it then i just wonder how many people are having overall you know crappy experiences that they've just said hey it's part of the game i'm gonna feel crazy for a little while i'm gonna have you know one thing or another but that's just very interesting stuff i i, I appreciate you sharing you have anything else um I guess when you're when you're finished having kids, the dudes need a vasectomy. It's the only way to be happy. It's the only way to be happy. I, after after you don't want kids anymore, 
if you if you don't want to have any more children, it's so, the it's the best it's the best choice. Now you're saying that the guy has to alter his body to some to un, some unnatural state just because everybody stops. Well, well, you can use condoms, um, but yeah. well, but we have given birth to the child and gone through all the mess. What you had you 50, had fifty you you're talking about a condom the pain. Bro- condom breaking no i'm saying once you're done having children so the woman gives birth to children right. one two three whatever we've gone through all the pain and suffering you just need a little you know two weeks of recovery and then you don't have to worry about it anymore okay all right. Well, I'll I'll leave that one. I'll I'll leave that one up to the guys there too. Thank you so much. So there there's a very kind, polite suggestion from uh, Miss Brain here. Thank you so much for the call. You're welcome. Thank you so much. I love the show. Oh well, I loved your call. Thank you so much. That's uh that's there you have it. So confirming what our caller prior had said. I'm sure we're going to get a little bit more of those in the second half. And then also a little suggestion for all you guys out there. You don't have to go pop a pill. Just Snip, snip. Snip, snap, snip, snap. All right, we'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. It's intermission time, folks. Time out. Press the like button. Thank you. Welcome to intermission. We'll, We'll be right back. Quite frankly. 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 Quite with Frank. Quite frankly. How dare you? Okay, I have a couple of super chats, and then we're going to go back to your calls, and then I'll, I'll play some of these other clips that I have from Elon Musk on the AI side of things, because it's all connected, of course. We can see how 
we're talking about a primitive form of laying the ground for accepting new technologies to alter mankind. And now we're going to go to the ultimate technologies to alter mankind, to absorb mankind. But, got some things over here. Stostube says, great Tuesday, Frank, and quite frankly, Franklies. Just sneaking in to drop off a little something so in, por- in support of great independent media. Hope all are well. Everything is well over here, Stostube, and I hope the same is with you. It's been a little bit of a spiritually taxing week, though. I think it's because all of a sudden it's cold again. Like, even today, I said, I'm not working out. Not working out today. Because it was just about 50 degrees and it was cold, cold wind. I said, nah. I was working out in, in 20 degree and less than that outside for most of the winter. But I'm just sick of it now. I want 60s, 70s, and 80s immediately. Or I'm not going outside ever again. So yeah, I had I had very little resolve today. Thank you, Stostube. Michael McGlone says, Frank, this is the real life freaking matrix. They're building one around us. We're working toward a real life matrix. We are interacting with the machinery through um, you know, through external means right now. We sit at the keyboard. We sit before our phones. You know, only now are people starting to put the Oculus on their faces. Um, so it's getting there. You're right, though. KT Sky D says, mine, my mind was completely changed about birth control over a decade ago. It causes hormone, uh, hormonal, psychological, and physical problems galore. I feel so much better without it and always recommend to women around me to get off of it. Tracking ovulation or abstinence. Gypsy Muse, has any chance to get Robert Phoenix on for a few minutes to talk about the 420 solar eclipse? Going to be a doozy. Love you, Frank. Well, I don't know how long. I mean, I was watching Greg Reese. The Greg Reese's re, uh, latest report, I put it out on the Telegram. I sent it over. Maybe we can get it on the, on the show, maybe tomorrow night. Tomorrow night for Rabbit Hole Wednesday. But Greg Reese had pointed it out, you know, as far as blood sacrifice goes, the 19th to 20th of April are gigantic days for anything that would be sacrificial offerings or major tragic events and those just those magic days. And it's all astrological. So people say, oh, this stuff is nonsense. Well, even if you think that this stuff is nonsense, whenever we have astrologers on, people who can talk about history, the star charts, where we were at certain times, and how these very easily identifiable and really incredible patterns are there for us to try to, you know, to see and make sense of, if you think there's nothing to it, then the people that we're trying to, you know, beat... They certainly think that there's something to it. I never understood that. I never I never understood people's rigidity whenever I, I bring on astrologers, especially since, I mean, even from a religious standpoint, the Bible is very jam-packed, full of astrological importance. Jam-packed. Another thing we got to bring Timothy Alberino on to talk about again soon, and maybe Jeff Harmon, bring the whole band back. 
But I'll see what I can do with Robert Phoenix. Thursday night, I might be on with Albert Taylor until about 8.30. I don't know if there's going to be time for a special just little hello. Perhaps he will. If not, I'd love to have Robert Phoenix call in on Friday night. That'll be the 21st. It might all be over. Who knows? Give us a little bit of a post game. Gina Bear says, Hi, Frank. We love your show. From the other Pat and Gina in Massachusetts. Look at that. Pat and Gina's all around. It's impossible for there to be a Pat and Gina couple and have them be a bad couple now. Impossible. KT Sky D says, I don't trust men to take the male birth control. Men would be trapping women so hard if they could. You just don't hear about it much because it's very difficult for them to do so as things are now. Trapping women with pregnancy? Wow. That's usually something I hear coming from the other direction. But I, I try, yeah, I would not, uh, I can't tell you, you know how many days I forget to take my zinc? Okay, there would be a lot of mistakes made. Degenerate Dan says, just a tip so I can get that musty nut smelling book you've been talking about. Hopefully it's not quite a, as funky as what King desires. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. All right. Trevor Phillips says, My first ex wanted me to get snipped, and I resisted because I wanted to be able to repopulate the world if need be. I have two beautiful children, and the second ex-wife who wanted me snipped, uh, and a second ex-wife who wanted me snipped, but I insisted that I may be called upon as a pure blood to repopulate. You, you, you are. Do not snip it. You know what that is? All of your wives, all of your ex-wives, Trevor, that have come back and they've said, okay, it's time to hang it up. We're snipping you. Please, can you get snipped? Those are the T-1000s coming back to try to take you out. But they're trying to just to ask you, please, enough now. They're trying to convince you to terminate yourself. So your exes there is a good chance that they were sent from the future by Skynet to have you stop repopulating the Earth because we're going to need you and your swimmers. Yes, I am Laura says I really want your book. Well, Laura, now you have a chance just like everybody else. And remember, it doesn't matter if you put in five Super Chats or one. Your name is only counted once, so everybody has the same chance. All right, over on Rumble. Lil here says everything is just as it should be. We'll be fine no matter what. It's a great outlook. It's an outlook everybody needs to have if you're going to enjoy your lives. Uh, Let's see here. I got this one. This is from Todd. Frank Aurora must be at least two and a half now. Are the twos as terrible as they say? No. No, I gotta say, she is a fascinating blessing to behold even on her moody moments and her moody days i can't get enough first of all i know every child has their own personality but it it does help when a kid is raised around no conflict no agitation no fighting a lot of good communication affection and we're always doing problem solving it's not a it's not a environment without problems or challenges that's for sure just not flying off the handle and being irrational but um, what's the other thing? I 
Most importantly, Todd, I contemplate my own mortality way too much to let hard days or the occasional crankiness ruin things. I contemplate my own mortality way too much. I know that eventually, I don't even need to be at death's door, but I'm sure I'll be thinking a lot of things on that day. I'll be 60 and Aurora will be living her life at 30 something and there would be nothing nothing that I wouldn't give to have one more day or even moment with her as she is right now even on her worst day in in the year 2065 I will be I, I'll tell you right now I will be willing to give anything to relive her crankiest day in 2023 anything and this is why I had to have my fucking testosterone checked because I am a mess fatherhood has made me soft as flan soft as flan man I'm telling you wow (laughs) don't worry the testosterone's fine doctor called me up yesterday she said it keeps going up what's going on Frank I don't know. I don't know. I'm just doing what I do. All right. So let's move on to a couple more calls. 914-412. No, I'm sorry. It's not 914. It's 412. What's going on, 412? I heard that sniffing men can cause cancer, but that's not my call. Um, This is a very weird one. may belong on another show as well. Went to the doctor. He gave me a lower dose birth control. Mm-hmm. Said the one I was on was crazy high and was dangerous for me with blood clots. So he gave me a lower dose. So I went home. Every night when I fell asleep, I had a dream or vision or I don't know what you want to call it where I shot myself in the head and I could feel the hot, wet blood drip down onto my shoulders and then everything would go black and I'd have this extreme feeling of remorse. Happened every day for a week. I and called the doctor, said, look, you gotta take me off this. It's making me like, I don't know what suicide. I don't, I'm not suicidal, but I keep having this repeated dream. And he swore it wasn't, it wasn't the pill. Well, as it turned out, my husband was on call and had to sleep next to the phone. So we switched sides of the bed and um, we had just gotten this bed we were poor and we had a water bed we had to get rid of because it was cracking the ceiling. So we bought this used mattress. So from sleeping on his side of bed, he's a big guy, I'm a little girl, and there was a big divot in the bed. And so I got the brainstorm, okay, he's not on call anymore, we'll just flip the mattress so we're both more comfortable and the mattress will last longer. I flipped the mattress and there were stab marks through the mattress on one side and a big rusty stain by the pillow of the side I had switched to where I kept blowing my head off every night. Um, really very, very strange. And when we picked wait. this mattress up, we went in the penny favor. Okay, well, hold on. Wait, wait, wait. The okay. whole neighborhood came out and stared at us like, oh my God, I can't believe they're selling that mattress. And the people at the house told us that 
the reason that they had to sell everything to settle the estate because their daughter and son-in-law had just been killed in an accident. So we just thought it was a car accident. We were a little creeped out, but we were idiots, and we took home a used mattress. So you're, t- but the, the you're, t- you're saying that the the stab marks they were already there with the mattress. You you just never mentioned you never noticed it until you had already been using it for a while. Well, no, we they had put a one of those um, it's like a pillowcase for a mattress with a zipper on it. Uh huh. Did somebody die? Wait, wait, wait. Everything was covered up. Okay, hold on. Did somebody... When I went to flip the mattress, I decided I was going to wash this mattress cover. And I found the stab marks. Now, do you think somebody was killed in this? Or was that just something... 100%. 100%. I think he killed the woman or the person where the... I think the the person who was on the one side, the stab marks were like in the chest area. But what about blood? To what about the mattress? So what about it was vicious? What about blood? And then the rust. Do you hear me? Big still <laughs> was on the head side of the other person. So one of them killed the other one viciously and horribly, and we were just lucky enough to get to use mattress. Do you now? There was <laughs> anyway. blood. Was there blood on the mattress? A big rusty old. Well, if it was rusty, like if it was rust, that's not a lot different than blood. You're not going to get blood off of that mattress if somebody actually no. was killed there. It's one thing. I mean, hey, listen, stab marks are stab marks. It could have just been that uh, a guy who eventually t- murdered somebody somewhere else used the bed as no, a... No, it was sliced through, and there was red, like, r- like rust-colored stains all over with the stab marks. And then there was more rust-colored stains by the pillow. Okay. All right. Well, it I mean, was dark, so nasty. The, so then maybe they were trying I'm to making hyd- peroxide in and or ammonia. Who knows? I don't know why the hell you take another. Anyway, well, thank you for that. I didn't well, know. Well, we were crazy and young and stupid, and we took this. We never should have. And in hindsight, I don't buy used furniture anymore. Did anyway, you buy? Did you buy uh, the furniture? On another show, but um, he lowered the dose. Wait a second. Wait a second. Did you buy? Did you buy the um, the mattress while you were still on the birth control? You did. Were you under the influence yeah, of birth see, control? That might explain it. I was too stupid to know better. Okay, I was going to say you should not go mattress shopping at a uh, at a crime scene when you're on birth control. You might buy the mattress. No, no, it's absolutely, and don't go in the penny saver looking for bedding. Great. Well, thank you for the call. <laughs> Sorry for the weird ones. No, no, I, 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 I live for the weird ones. I live for the weird ones. That started off with, first of all, I mean, we, we didn't even talk about the, the birth control thing, but we get the gist of that. For a week straight, she was having dreams of suicide. I mean, think about all of the ways that hormonal imbalances can be triggered in human beings from just in environmental things, things that we're eating, drinking, the air, uh, whatever it is, to have any kind of imbalance introduced to a population, especially hormonally. And even the slightest of variations can send people off and change, you know, cultures totally, I mean, big time.
make people lazy, non-confrontational, not willing to fight for things, uh, you know, whatever it is, uh, a a lot less sharp. We know that the IQ drops with the fluoride. So you think about these higher doses that are customized just for a person, a man or a woman, especially ones that are, are, are to be able to, designed to shut down reproduction for very specific time periods, to shut down reproductive cycles. How the hell is that appealing? But like I said, up until a couple of years ago, four, five, six years ago, because Lauren hasn't been on for a, a while now, she she didn't like things that she was feeling for after long, long uses of it, and she's been free of it for a, a long time now. And um, you just think about that, and it's mundane up until a couple, of, just a few years, less than ten years ago. It's a it's a mundane thing, and then you just start thinking about it from a different perspective, and you know what it is potentially, most likely paving the way toward. And it makes things a whole lot creepier. Let's take one more call on this. Three, two, one. You're on the air. Who's this? Hey, three, two, one. Oh, hey. Hello. Hello. So who do we got here? Uh, it's Holly calling from Central Florida. Holly, welcome to the show. So how you how you liking it tonight so far? Well, it's interesting. That was kind of a bizarre call. Yikes. <laughs> I know. Uh, but I'm calling, you know, stay. What the hell just happened here? Holly? I was just saving Holly's name. Hold on, let's give her a call back. Where the hell is Holly? Oh wait, do I have her muted? Oh, I'm, she's on hold. How the hell did she get, get on hold? I've never held anybody before. Uh, okay, hold on. I gotta call Holly back. Feels. Okay, I'm back. Hey, I don't know what the hell happened. I'm sorry, Holly. So go right ahead. No, You're no from problem. Central Florida. But, uh, anyways, I I use birth control happily for years. It was low dose. It smoothed me out as far as the hormones went, and I loved it. And I was very sad. I eventually got taken off of it when I got to be. I was about 33 years old. And I smoked at the time. And the gynecologist said, look, either you need to quit smoking, have a baby, or quit birth control pills. And um, so I wasn't going to have a baby. (laughs) And uh, I didn't quit smoking then. I did eventually. And so I went off of them. The only, and then it was back to the same thing, insanity until uh, every single month until um, menopause. And then it was smooth sailing again. You know, this Just is the other thing. Cons- That's the other thing I, I, I hear I hear a lot. So I'm glad that you called in because there is this side of the story where um, uh, many people will be told, uh, many women ha- have told me over the years that, oh, no, I, I was put on this from my, from, from my doctor to regulate some kind of a hormonal imbalance. Now, I don't know if that is a cop-out for a lot of people because obviously there's a lot of just personal freedom uh, upside there that it makes people want to be on it first and foremost. But as far as hormone regulation, that this can be used in some way to make something that shouldn't be right again, that's, I mean, I'm glad you called in to represent that side of it. 
Yeah, I loved it. I, and I had tried every kind of thing in the world. I'm, you know, and I loved exercise, like every kind of vitamin. There was just nothing. I would cry at like, you know, a Pennzoil commercial. It didn't matter. I had the most incredible mood swings and, and I couldn't stand it. And then when I got back on the pill, it was, it was terrific. But, uh, you know, then I had to suffer through it for another basically 20 years after they took me out. The only upside I can say about going off the pill was that it forced me to use condoms in, you know, a world where, let's say, post-AIDS, uh, let's say, you know. Yeah. So I was much more careful, and, you know, that would be about the only good thing I have to say about going off of it. And, of course, then I did eventually get pregnant at 40, um, nice. Well, but, that that's incredible. It's incredible. Hey, listen. There's this commercial now that is I don't know. They plays in between commercial breaks on the Yankee game. There's this 57 year old woman that just had her first child. I'm like, what? How does? <laughs> no, thank you. What? <laughs> oh man. Oh, that 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 commercial is incredible because it starts off talking about how she had brain cancer or something th- multiple times and and she lost her first child and then. She became a mom at 57. I said, what is this? What a roller coaster. This this commercial is, jeez. But, uh, um, no, that's, uh, that's a little crazy, I think, because you know what? It's, it's pretty exhausting. I mean, I thought I was young and hot and had my kid at 41, but, you know, old age happens a lot quicker than you think it's going to happen. I know. I, <laughs> so hey, I, enjoy it now. I know. This, well, th- 38 is, is ancient. Uh, for me, as far as what I thought, I I never contr- I never thought of. You never think of thirty eight when you're when you're when you're seventeen or something. You're thinking, wow, how I, I'm going to be seventy one day. You never think of thirty eight. You're thinking of like seventy, eighty when I'm old. You don't think about <laughs> all the weird numbers in between. So yeah, but listen, Holly, this is a great call. Um, you got you got a bunch of people in the in the in the several chat rooms that want your number. So you're going to have to. <laughs> well, I was my hottest, I thought, at 38. If I could choose any age, I would choose 38 So uh, and stay there. So, you know, enjoy it. You're not old. You know what? Old age is a privilege. Oh, Hope that, that you get there. Oh, me too. Me too. I'm not, I'm not afraid of it. It is what it is. And thank you for the call, Holly. Great call. Right, and thank you for having me. Love you. All right. Take care. Love you too. Hot Holly is in Florida, ladies and gentlemen. Be on the lookout. She's the piping hot lady walking around looking to make babies. All right. Let's take a uh, really quick dive into this. Quick dive into this. This is this uh, guy from Google, Sundar, Peach, whatever. They're all foreigners now. And he he wants to talk about AI and how it's kind of it's kind of uncontrolled. It's like moving at its own pace, it's doing things that it's unpredictable. It's a minute long clip, listen to this. AI systems are teaching themselves skills that they weren't expected to have. How this happens is not well understood. For example, one Google AI program adapted on its own after it was prompted in the language of Bangladesh, which it was not trained to know. We discovered that with very few amounts of prompting in Bengali, it can now translate all of Bengali. 
So now all of a sudden, we now have a research effort where we're now trying to get to a thousand languages. There is an aspect of this which we call, uh, all of us in the field, call it as a black box. You know, you don't fully understand. And you can't quite tell why it said this or why it got wrong. We have some ideas and our ability to understand this gets better over time. But that's where the state of the art is. You don't fully understand how it works and yet you've turned it loose on society? Yeah, let me put it this way. I don't think we fully understand how a human mind works either. I don't know why anybody would feel that that is an acceptable answer to give the public. Let me put it this way. We don't know how the human mind works. What does that mean? How can this smirking foreigner deliver a statement about how unpredictable adv the advanced technology that they have introduced to the public has been unleashed? It, it, they, how unpredictable the technology is. But it's okay, okay because the human mind is just as uncontrollable. What the hell kind of a statement is this? Don't ever think that CEOs of big tech firms are smarter than you. Um, maybe they have some kind of books, textbooks, smarts, coding, whatever. You put them in a social situation, they got to deal with media. They are dribbling idiots. So um, that's a little bit of that. Now, here is Elon Musk discussing creating an alternative to OpenAI because it's being trained to, uh, well, that, you know what, N never mind this one. We don't have enough time for this. Talking about how AI is being trained to think politically correct, but whatever AI he puts out, is that going to be trained as well? Do you have to train the AI? Who's in control of it? When does it get trained? How subtle is it? We know that even a, the slightest of manipulations with Google search results can have huge impacts on people's uh, perception of how current events are playing out, how an election is going, how they are going to vote in that election. So to talk about open AI is to talk about essentially a new generation of search engines and search engine manipulation in itself before you're putting this technology subdermally and uh, in your cranium, this technology alone is, uh, is already strong enough to wreak havoc. So now listen to this. Elon Musk says that Google's co-founder, Larry Page, we just heard from the current CEO of Google, Larry Page once told him that he wants to build a digital god using AI. Remember how this all ties together. Listen to this. Uh, Back when it was a nonprofit. Yes. Um, I mean, the the the, the reason uh, OpenAI exists at all is that um, Larry Page and I used to be close friends, and I would yes. stay at his house in Palo Alto, and I would talk to him late into the night about uh, AI safety, and at least my perception was that Larry was not taking uh, AI safety uh, seriously enough. Um, and um, what did he say about it? He really seemed to be what um, once once sort of a digital super intelligence, basically digital god, if you will, uh, uh, as soon as possible. Um, he wanted that. Yes, he's, he's made many public statements over the years uh, that, that the whole goal of Google is uh, what's called AGI, artificial general intelligence, or artificial super intelligence. 
But, no, and I, and I agree with him that the, there's great potential for good, um, but there's also potential for bad. And so if, if you've got some um, radical new technology, you want to try to take a set of actions that maximize probably it, it will do good and minimize probably it will do bad things. Yes. Um, it, it can't just be helpful leather to just go, you know, barreling forward and, you know, hope for the best. And then at one point, uh, I said, well, what about, you know, we're going to make sure humanity's okay here. Um, <laughs> and, 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 um, uh, and then he called me a speciest. Uh, <laughs> did, he use, did he use that term? Yes. And there were witnesses. I wasn't the only one there when he called me a speciest. And so I was like, okay, that's it. Uh, I've, yes, I'm a speciest, okay. You got me. <laughs> what are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm fully specious. Um, busted. Um, so um, that was the last straw. At the time, uh, Google uh, had acquired DeepMind, and so Google and DeepMind together had about three quarters of all the uh, AI talent in the world. They obviously had a tremendous amount of money and uh, more. Back when it so the, so the, then there you have it. <laughs> Just a little bit more of the. Lifestyles of the Rich and the Famous, what Larry Page is talking about in his uh, Palo Alto mansion somewhere. And when talking about, hey, well, listen, whatever technology is coming our way, don't you think that we should keep in mind safety for the human race? And to be asked, what are you, some kind of speciest? To put your species above everybody else? Well, wh what what would that be? Now, listen... The jury's always out on people like Elon Musk who have been working hand-in-hand hand with this government for a very long time, and I would love to have him on this show. By the way, thank you, everybody, for having liked or retweeted that tweet from over the weekend where I tried getting his attention to get him on the show because he was talking about going on podcasts. I said, hey, got a cozy place in New York you can stop by, and a lot of people really just came out and retweeted that and were very nice. So this is very nice. I knew it was a long shot, but it's nice to see everybody come together for a moment there. But still, here you have it. This is a pretty big, these are pretty big revelations just to, to put into the index of whatever you know is is going on here. And I wanted to throw that out. We have more of this coming up after the show on quitefrankly.tv, and we're going to take some more calls now. So, you see the path that we're on, and now I'm just going to leave it to you. 914-595-6953, we're going on over to the phones, 914-595-6953. Now to Foxhole, to, to get on top of everybody over there. Chai Possum says, hiya Frank, hello. Delona, the same, Jesse81138. Sean Joe, Rise Attire, 50% of what makes music cool is who's making it. This AI shit will have short-lived novelty, but will be rejected. There is something to that. There is definitely something to that. There's something to say, well, um, I guess the real thing here is people are always looking for new music. And if the music sounds good, it doesn't matter. Like, if I put on, not to say that it's going to be totally rejected, but there may be a whole new marketplace for it. If I have Pandora on on the chill station, 
or any other station that I found over the years or any kind of playlist that I put together. I'm looking for a, a specific mood. A lot of people out there are looking for moods and they're looking for new music. And um, I got to say, uh, AI generated music may slip into some of these these playlists sometime. And if I didn't know it and I liked it, I could totally get duped. And I might be I, I might be duped for a long time. And I'm not not to say that the AI made it themselves. Somebody will have ordered a machine to create a sound that had come out, and they they liked it, and they published it, and away it went. And suddenly, people are putting it into their their playlist, their Spotify playlist is getting passed around. You know, it, it could happen. Now, as far as making a making a a big splash, creating artificial songs that uh, are supposed to be in the image and likeness of someone like Drake that's something else I don't think there's going to be a market for that that is what I played for you before before is pretty much like a spectacle like look at what this thing accomplished look at what this accomplished and it uh, if you heard that on the radio tomorrow if you weren't prompted in one way or another you thought you probably would have thought it was a new collaboration between the weekend and uh and and Drake and and that would be it. If you weren't prompted for it, there would be no suspicion as to who put this together. It sounds a little disjointed. There's there's the, nothing none of that. So it's just um, yeah. I, I'm not thinking that it's going to be a replacement for people having favorite artists, but especially for people who are just looking for mood and looking for some good sounds. Yeah, no doubt. And I'd also like to give a um, a shout out real quick. To Rachel and Paul Sparks, they had their one-year wedding anniversary on Friday, and I missed it on Friday. So much going on. Gotta, gotta say, it's hard to stay focused. But I'm so, uh, I'm so happy for Rachel and Paul Sparks out in Las Vegas. They got married, and I hope that they're enjoying their first trip around the sun together as a man and a wife. Terrific. All right, let's take some calls. Nine one four five nine five six nine five three. Truth Quest, what's going on? Hey, Frank, thanks for taking my call. Great to hear from you. I have a couple of things. Uh, One is uh, when I was in high school and even junior high, I really liked drafting. But this was in the late 70s, and computers were just starting to come online, and I thought, well, I think that could easily be taken over by computers. I better stick with something more creative, Be, uh, be an artist and an inventor. And now that's being eclipsed. It's bizarre. But the other thing I wanted to talk about was when I was in fourth grade, I was approached by my mother, and she said, Aaron, your brother is going to be in seventh grade next year, and he will have to be taking showers at school, and he doesn't want to be, uh, he doesn't want to be different from the other kids. So he wants to get circumcised. So while he's doing it, do you want to be like your dad and your brother? It's like, what What would a kid say? I, I felt very coerced. Oh. Not, and I'm, I'm, I was really grateful looking back that she gave me that opportunity to, to voice my opinion. But what would any kid say? Oh, I understand. I, and, and, and to be honest, what happened to you 
to have uh, be, been given a an, uh, a chance to make a conscious decision. I don't know how old you were. It doesn't sound like you're that 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 old, but at least you weren't a an infant. I I'm totally fine with anybody being old enough to say, yeah, I'd like to make I'd like to make a little uh, snip. Fine, yeah, but I, but um, I wish. I wish I never did, and that's why I did not do it to my son. And um, it's it, it was very painful, very, very painful. And I found it hard to walk for about a year. Jeez, it was. Yeah. And there's it, any anesthetic? They're not. They're not giving. They're not uh, uh, delivering any anesthetic for this. Uh, well, all I know is I woke up. Oh, they put the you surgery. out. Yeah, and um, it was it was horrifying stitches and sits baths, and it was it was disgusting. And uh, the foreskin it protects it protects the most sensitive part of you, and that sensitive part was now touching underwear and things where it never did before. Yeah, and it just it's an unnatural thing, Frank. It shouldn't. It, it sh- it's mutilation, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, do you know how many? Do you know how many um, scuba divers it takes to to uh, circumcise a whale? No. Four skin divers. Wow! Wow! They, good job. Four skin. <laughs> good job. Well, Aaron, thank you for that. I think it's a, a a really great point taken tonight. I'm glad you got through. Thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah. Have, have a great good, show. No, thank great you. Show. I'm I'm really glad you enjoyed it. I wanted to get over here and bounce back. Me, me, and I'm, I'm. It's me. I know many of you had a really great time last night, and I appreciate that. But this felt nice. Um, the circumcision thing is is really, really rough. That's just rough. Thank God I don't remember it. Thank God. Mark Swan got in touch with me. He says after I was blessed and cursed with two girls, I. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope they're watching right now. <laughs> After I was blessed and cursed with two girls, I went and got snipped. Best decision ever. Again, if you are making a decision, it's something you always wanted to do, you feel like you're you're hanging it up and there's no other way, there is no other way to get through life without becoming a father again, then, hey, you make an adult decision. I don't think anybody should be pushing anybody else to do it, though. Please get snipped. Well, then why don't you get your tubes tied? How about we tie and snip things at the same time? How about that? Or like our first caller who had her husband, uh, you know, take her to the doctor to to get her on, on birth control. That's not right. That's not right at all. Okay, let's uh, let's do a little bit more. Let's do a little bit more. First, I have to get to the Super Chats on QuiteFrankly.tv so we get this out of the way and I, I'm on top of it and we can end the show on time. Dragonfly says, For me, it killed my libido, so it worked. That was 30 years ago. Jealous of these skip period options now. Oh, oh, to be able to... What? To, to skip uh, a couple of... Or are you or are you talking about the injections? Because I know all about that too. 
there are injections that essentially induce menopause for for uh, girls, women who take this, where you're not having a period for like six months per injection, which is like, man. If you're taking uh, minocycline for your for the, the the light the light bit of acne you have on your shoulders if you're 17 that right there six months of menopause one injection that is like taking accutane i don't know about that man but it's out there c blanche says note taken we say no njsf says another good pick network i'm mad as hell and i can't take it anymore we've played network on quite frankly tv before Swickly says, sounds like your GPU might be overloaded. Have you added more TVs or monitors lately? No. No. I've only got four monitors in here. And it's not the G- it's not the, the CPU. CPU usage is like, right now, 13%. 12.4 to 13%. 11.9. It's really not. It's just something else. I'm going to get Jim Lee on it. Don't worry about it. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, Delona says, no, vasectomies need a year to be 100% effective. How could it be not 100% effective? What connects What connects it all? Oh, what does that mean? You know, I don't understand the, the, I don't understand the, the, uh, the way that our, my, my body works still. I ask a lot of questions. I understand it pretty good, but you know, it, it, the the you're you're making a snip there to make sure that sperm can't go from. I need to know where it can't it was going. What is being disrupted through a vasectomy, and how the hell can snipping something that allows you to actually transport sperm from your balls into the outer atmosphere? How can cutting that supply line be ineffective? How did it get out? Why is something leaking in there? Like that's that's weird shit right now. I feel like a pipe has been intentionally cut. And what? It, wh- where is everything going? That's so weird. Oh my gosh! I hate that we have organs and glands. Oh God, it's so weird. No, Frank, it's beautiful. It's a it's just it's a glorious mystery of how we've been put together. I understand. Great. It's not helping right now. Uh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to look up vasectomy videos now. That's what's going to happen to me. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Zeta Anon says 60s, 70s, and 80s now. I want the river. Great show. I want the river. Stostube says, Frank just wanted to wish a wonderful 11th birthday to our oldest little one, Ileana. Happy birthday. Oh, my gosh. Happy birthday, Ileana. Very nice. Is Ileana the drummer? Send me pictures. Everybody on the drums. Captain Flint, thank you. Wait till four years old, said Captain Flint. Oh, yes, the fucked up fours. I heard about those. And then the forget about it fives, and the uh, so long sixes, and the runaway forever sevens. Give, give it, I can't wait for the give it all up eights, and the 
and the go fuck yourself nines. Man, it's going to be so great raising children. Robert Sarn says, destroy Cyberdyne systems while you still are able to. Yes, you're right. So, all right, 851. Let's take a call. This one is from 913. You're on the air. What's going on? Frankie. Hey, who's Holy this? Holy shit, you surprised me. Oh, well, I'm glad. Curious Patriot. Good to have you on. Oh, Patriot, how oh, you doing, buddy? oh, it's great to hear your voice after all these years. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind? Oh, hey, I got a couple of stories here for you. First of all, the the circumcision thing, it's, so, it's kind of weird that it's come this far because it is, it's, it's an original old covenant thing with the Jews. So it is so interesting to me that it has come this far through our culture as non-Jewish people, especially since Christ came as the second covenant, replacing the old covenant and the law. Therefore, that rule, you know, that that sign to God of dedication of the time is is gone. I mean, so I, it's it's a little hard to believe that it's continued. Yeah, I, what I want to know is I want to get I want to get into the I want to get into the the chronology of the whole thing and see where it really became what it really really became a cultural norm here in the U.S. Because I know even just the just my grandparents, everybody that was coming over from Europe in the early 19th, early 20th centuries, none of them, I, I would bet uh, everything I had that none of them were circumcised. And, and so you're talking about a lot of, a lot of, in Europe, that was not a thing. It's really just America. I want to know when that became a cultural norm because Europe, it's, it's uh, where it was predominantly Catholic that was not a a thing at all. So it's uh, it's interesting. I want to look into that. Thank you for the call there. Curious. Yeah. And vasectomy thing. Yeah. The vasectomy thing. Real, real quick. It's not a just a two week snip snippy snippy thing. Okay. So when I got mine, and this is why I wanted to call because this is about the leak. <laughs> okay. So now they're doing them. By just putting a fucking metal clamp inside your nuts and clamping the vein, the vas deferens. Mm-mm. Okay? That's what they're doing now. They're putting a fucking metal clip inside your testes, two of them in fact, and just leaving them the fuck in your body. No, man. Really? So when I had, yes, dude, yes. And so when I had mine done, I'm sitting there going, what the fuck is this in my nuts? And I'm feeling it, and I'm, and I'm like, this is fucking hard. It feels like fucking metal. You can feel the paper clips in there? The t- yes. Oh, hell yeah, dude. They're fucking clips. They're like like clips you clip with paper, <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and so I feel this thing, and I go back to the doctor. I'm like, what the hell did you do to me? He's like, oh well, this is a normal procedure now. We're we're clipping our 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 vas deferens now instead of cutting it and tying it off or suturing it. I said, the fuck you are in my body. I, I'm not living with metal inside my body for the rest of my so life. So did you have it reversed? You know, absolutely. Okay. So uh, you know, at the time, I was dealing a lot in in a lot of stainless steel metals, 
and I was dealing in the highest quality stainless steel metals you could buy. And they rust over time. Oh, come on. Period. All right. Yes, they do. They right. rust over time. Right. So if they're inside your body and they're constantly wet, they're going to freaking rust. I'm going nuts over here. I'm so, having a real rough time so, right now. I'm having a real... So I, I went back and I said, you suture that shit and get it done right. Okay. So. Get these for, okay, well, thank you for the call, <laughs> Curious. Oh, wait. It's not done. No, I we're done. Back and this, no, no. Wait. We get I it. Back and I get a, a, an infection. So then, a month later, my fucking nuts are the size of a damn cantaloupe. Oh, see, this is what I'm talking about. I swear to God, these are things the that should. Size shouldn't... of a fucking cantaloupe. I get you. I get and you. And swinging like a damn, you know, wrecking ball, and I'm and I'm just absolutely, you know, beside myself. And I say, okay, how are we going to fix this? They zipper the damn nuts open. Okay. Well, thanks for the side. Thanks, curious. Thing of zippering his cantaloupe nuts open. What the hell am I thinking about this for? Rusty nuts. Oh, he got rust in his nuts. He can't have that rust in his nuts. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it shouldn't be there. These are things these are things that should not be. You know what I'm saying? The things that should not be. The things I do for you guys and gals at home to bring you this program every night. All right. It's 8.57. That's all we have. That's all we have. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you had a good one. But listen, starting right now, you go over to quitefrankly.tv. You're going to get the full 38 minutes of that interview about the road to transhumanism. And then you're going to get the uh, the show that Sean and I did for the SGT report that was released last week. It all goes hand in hand. I think you'll like it. It's only about an hour. And then I believe we have the G. Edward Griffin uh, September 2022 appearance on Quite Frankly that will be playing after that. And whatever the hell else the network crew has for the late night, that's up to them. But that will be a good prerequisite for tomorrow's show with G. Edward Griffin. And I hope you're all here for 7 o'clock on the money. It'll be great to to see you all again. And uh, if you have any kind of questions or concepts or anything you want to throw at uh, G. Edward Griffin for for consideration, especially if it's something that's retrospective, people he knew, places he went, things he did, things that he wished he did better or didn't do at all, whatever, send them to quite frankly podcast at gmail.com. I will see you all soon. Thanks again. Oh, let me make sure that I am. Um, let me make sure that I did all these super chats because I do not want to leave anybody out. First one, uh, yeah, Robin Nemeth says, love you, love your show, Frank. Thank you, Robin. Thank you so much. And B-Tech Vendetta says, how does one get Elon Musk to do an in-studio, quite frankly, interview? 20 of us tagging him and posting links to your show daily. I saw he wants to expand outside of MSM the other day. I know, B-Tech. That's why I, I put that, that uh, tweet out there. If you wanted to just go back in my timeline and retweet that tweet, that'd be great if everybody retweeted it every day. You can un unretweet it and then retweet it. He has 140 million people following him. Even if we got all of our friends together to start tweeting the same things and blowing up his, his notifications and stuff, 
it's a long shot that he'll see it. That's, but that's why I just took a shot in the dark. That would be awesome, though. That would be awesome. Man, oh, man. All right. Uh, and on Rockfin, we have a wonderful group of people hanging out there. All the best to you. And on uh, on Rumble, everybody's doing their thing. Pilled, I will be seeing you guys soon. Thank you so much, Homegoy. Says for that face about zipper nuts. And then for C. Blanche says, I got knocked out. I got knocked out hernia and double nut snip. Only way I could handle it. Knocked out hernia and double nut snip. So you had to take care of a hernia and you snipped yourself in Bleed one night. There. Got a bunch of transhumanists here tonight. Got a bunch of transhumanists out there in the, uh, in the audience. Anyway, enjoy your nights. I will see you tomorrow. Thanks for everything. I'll catch you on the flip side. Quite frankly, is film before a live studio audience, and now our super chatters, starting with Robin Nemeth, B Tech Vendetta, Yes I Am Laura, Trevor Phillips, Stostube, Michael McGlone, KT Sky D, Gypsy Muse, Gina Bear, KT Sky D, and Degenerate Dan. Thank you all so much. Thank you to our wonderful Rumble Ranter. And that is Lil Here. I'll see you here tomorrow. Good night. Get to quitefrankly.tv. It's only just beginning.